Welcome to Christian Warrior Women, the number one spot for women desiring the real, raw truth. How to live in confidence without doubt. The battle for your identity, faith, and courage in relationships, health, and wealth with God is real. Here is Lisa Hawkins, author, coach, and minister. Well, I'm happy to be with you today, and we are been discussing this week the subject of how to manage and break free of anger. And today, I want to dig a little deeper on why we hold on to pain and anger. And I want to start with a couple of scriptures um, to share that you can kind of reflect on and look back on. So, Let's look at Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. And we talk about angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. In Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. You will find when you're dealing with anger, we're really dealing with unforgiveness many times, and we're not talking about just even sometimes when you're triggered, it's you're being triggered by something else, maybe something in your past. But what you can always um, look to when you're dealing with anger issues or if you're in a relationship with someone with anger issues, who is it that they refuse to forgive? Is it an ex-wife? Is it a parent? Is it a teacher? Is it a child? Is it, you know... Um, Someone got sick and they just angry about life and can't get over it. So we're going to talk about today briefly why we hold on to pain and anger. And I'm going to share a personal experience as well and how things can sometimes be masked when we're trying to um, overproduce to really deflect from some of our issues. So... It's completely natural, number one, to feel angry and hurt. So please, my super Christians, don't say, I never get angry. I never, we talked about the definition of anger yesterday. And I am sure someone has disappointed you, someone has let you down, and it has peeved you, (laughs) okay? So it's completely natural to feel anger and hurt, whether it's your partner rejecting you, But holding on to these feelings for years will make it impossible for you to move into a healthier place, whether it's a relationship, um, a healthier mindset, it's going to detract from that. Losing loved ones can make it difficult to move on, but holding on to those feelings for years only prolongs your unhappiness. You know, losing loved ones is hard because there are children who have lost parents at a young age, and it's a natural thing to feel anger that they're not here to see 
the fruit to see their grandchildren or great-grandchildren. And even though I lost my mother just five years ago, there was my mourning period was was very long for a number of reasons. And it was difficult. It, it wasn't, um, I was more lonely. I felt, I didn't realize how extremely lonely it felt with having both my parents then gone. And I lost my father before married and he was able to see my children. But it was like losing my mom, and I'm the only child of my mother and father. So losing both of them really left me feeling disconnected. And we, we people, women can feel like this when they get divorced or in a breakup. You just feel disconnected and lost and kind of lonely. And I actually felt like, gosh, there's no one. It, it even didn't even transform that I had children, but I literally felt for myself there was no bloodline left for me to connect with. And we all have our struggles and you know, I don't know if I was angry. It was definitely a passive kind of thing, but it it just was my heart was heavy. So it can be masked in several ways. So what makes us cling to our negative emotions? Because the negative emotion that I clung to was that loneliness, that feeling alone, feeling isolated. Okay, so the events of our life can determine the patterns we follow. So for example, if your parents always told you to go to bed when you were, you know, bad as a child or naughty is a calmer, softer word, you may connect going to bed with negative feelings. Or if you shared your ideas and they were always just discounted and you were kind of cut off then you might find yourself pretty short as an adult when people do it because it reminds you that no one's listening to me. No one hears what I'm saying. They're discounting my value, right? That can make us feel angry. And so even though a person may be just distracted for the moment, we it wells up because of our past experience. And why is that? Our brain plays a large part in this process. It assigns an emotion to every piece of incoming sensory information. And many of us have had a pattern upon pattern in years of whether it's the enemy feeding us lies or us believing in lies that our brain and our emotions are so linked with remembering that, oh, this is what's about to happen, that sometimes we miss something that is totally not associated with our past hurt. But we put up our defenses and the wall goes up, oh, this is what's been done to me before. And that's why it's important to renew our mind on a daily basis, because we have to break the paradigm. We have to let go of the past. We can't live today based on what someone said and did to us yesterday. And it sounds easy to say, but it's very um, challenging to do on a daily basis. And we have to hold ourselves accountable. Someone else can't do this work for you. It's between you and God and how you daily refresh your mind, how you daily, uh, sorry to say this, flush out the waste that's in your heart and in your mindset 
and in your, when we can tell when we're talking to people or the trigger begins, where we allow it to go. And we have to like do what? We need to cut it off and stop it right there when it begins and say, no, I'm not choosing to go this route. I am choosing to listen. I'm choosing to renew my mind. And I'm choosing to not let the past steal this moment from me again. Okay, so our brain renewing our mind can renew our emotions and it can renew our behavior. So if your muscles get tense when you argue with someone, they'll probably tend to do so in the future. In fact, this bodily signal can alert you to your anger. So the trick is to recognize the pattern and their underlying causes. So what are the negative contracts we make? I talk about in the book, Christian Warrior Woman, some of the contracts we make are vows. You know, we get angry and we make vows. And I'll use an example that I promise you, it's repeated. I can't even tell you the hundreds of women that have told me this one and it became true. And we all, we all have said this. So let's say in a relationship, someone hurts us. Maybe our father as a child has hurt us. Maybe he had a drinking problem or addiction problem or was a womanizer. And as a young woman, we'll say this. I will never, <laughs> you may, here's the vow. I will never marry a man that will treat me that way. I will never marry a man that's an alcoholic. I will never marry a person with an addiction. And when people have come to me for prayer in the healing room, guess who they're married to? That exact person. And they will tell me, not even recognizing, they'll say, you know what? I promised myself as a young person that I would never marry someone like this. And I've got someone maybe even worse than my father or my ex-husband, etc. Because the word tells us that we are not to make vows even in our ignorance, when we make the vows, it winds up rebounding and bringing us more hurt and more harm. So that's an example of a negative contract. I would also say in our anger, we say things about ourselves. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'll never lose weight. We're angry that I'm never going to have a relationship. And I hear women say this all the time, and I wish I can hit them and like wake them up. I'll never have a man who's faithful. Those are all negative vows that come out of anger, that come out of bitterness, that come out of disappointment, right? And we're angry about it. So what do we do? We curse ourselves worse. We don't say, I'm going to have the next man in my life is going to be faithful. He's going to be honest. He's going to be truthful. No, we don't say that. We just talk about, I'm never going to, I'm going to vow that I'm never going to get married. Why would you go to that extreme? Okay. You had a bad relationship. Maybe you had a horrible divorce. Well, you don't need to add on to your tragedy by adding what other bad things will happen to you. Oh, I'll just be lonely and old and die alone. Who says that? I look at people like, why would you even put your lips together to form those words? Waste of time. How about, you know what? 
My next husband is going to honor, respect, and love me. That's what I'm, I put my hope and I put my trust in. I rarely hear that. And guess what? The women who say that, when I see them, whether it's a year later, two years later, they're still saying it. It almost becomes their doctrine. It becomes part of their prayer, their vow every day. And if you're one of those people, just shut it. Stop telling people about what the bad things are that are going to happen to you and start telling people about God's promises about your life, that there is a plan and a purpose and I'm going to have joy. No, I can't describe what my husband may look like, what he may have, but what I do know that God is going to bring me a promise and a man that has a purpose to love and cherish me. Why can we not say those words over and over again until they manifest? You don't have to justify to other people your loneliness. It's like when I know someone recently told me, oh, I'm not interested in getting married. And I had to look at them and say, yes, you are. You're just saying that so no one asks you about when you're getting married or if you're dating someone. You don't have to mask your disappointment or your anger with other angry words, with other ugly words, such as, I never want to get married, never want to have children. So when you hear a woman say that, stop her, please, and say, you know what? We were all made to have companionship. And those folks who say, oh, I was just meant to be alone. Well, it's funny, they're alone, but how much are they accomplishing? So no, God did not call you to be alone home sitting around eating bonbons or jelly beans and watching reality TV. You know, those who are called to be alone and doing the work of God are out and busy. So sitting home, gaining weight is anger it's, and disappointment and depression. It's not um, fulfilling some holy life, okay? who? I know someone there, that's for someone in particular. The Lord just was like, somebody's hearing this, that that is them. If that is you, get off the couch and get on your knees, renew that mind, and don't let your weight, your finances, nor your circumstances limit you on being happy. Praise God. So I always say, instead of being angry, be resourceful. You know, promise yourself to be happy. Promise yourself that a hobby or travel or saving money to bless someone or a mission trip. Find one thing that you plan your life and goal around that can bless others. And I promise you, your life will change. You can't sit home worrying about what happened in the past or he, she, or what did what to you. They're not important anymore. So we need to find successful behavior patterns because when people disappoint us, you might find, and this is great for your journal, for you to write, think of the patterns you go into. For some people, they eat. For some people, they sleep. (laughs) All the things that make sure you don't move. For some people, they just sit and 
in the memory, they just repeat it over and over in their mind. And why do I know some of these things? I struggled with depression and anger for a long time and didn't even recognize it as that. But and the enemy can get us in that pattern pretty quickly by a simple offense. Um, And we need to stop. And it was the Lord and One day it was just like, wow, I've been doing this for years. And I praise God to this day that it stopped. Does that mean I don't get disappointed? Does that mean I don't get angry? But it's pretty quick. I don't try to sit. And I think of what can I do personally to get myself out of this mood? I can't have my husband, a friend, or someone else get me out of the mood. You may be in a situation where that might work for you. But the thing that you have to get your strength from is that you can get yourself out of this with God. So I know that, you know, the result, you want the result to break the pattern so that you can have successful relationships with people, um, whether you work with them, whether a spouse or business partner, You don't want to be triggered by old stuff to make you angry. So, and don't let loneliness make you spew out things that sound angry and hurtful to other people. So, what can we do? What can you do? You got to dig deep to uncover the negative contracts that you made, whether about your parents, whether about yourself your physical self, how you look. We are so hard and critical about ourselves. Why don't you look in the mirror and start talking about the great things God did give you, whether it's those beautiful eyes, whether it's those luscious lips, whatever it may be. If God created you, you were perfectly made to do the job and to live out your purpose. And when we degrade that, then we're degrading our future and our purpose. So we have to be ready for initial difficulties in trying to do this because it takes time before you can erase and, you know, erase the past and ease into the new and positive pattern. Because when you start doing the good stuff, then when someone triggers you, you're going to go into not going there, but this is where I choose to go, someplace positive. When people tear you down, you build yourself up. And if you're in a position to shut them down with the negative talk, shut it down. There's nothing wrong with telling someone, that's not what I need to hear right now. So why don't we end this conversation or excuse yourself? Okay. We need the women in your and men in your life to see a new attitude and respect it. Now, they're going to feel a little different because they're used to maybe being able to dump on you or used to your unconditional support or affection. But your new attitude will eventually benefit everyone around you. So initially, it may feel rocky, it may even feel difficult for you. That means you're heading in a good place, okay? Because I want you to realize that you deserve love and you don't have to pay for it. 
and you don't have to make vows thinking that's going to protect you. We want you to be an independent source between you and God, that people aren't the reason that you decide to be happy, but that you can find happiness within yourself, within who you are, and let others feel and see the benefit of your relationship with God. So I'm going to give you a couple of signs of how people harbor negative emotions. So if you're acting in any of the following ways I just mentioned, you may still feel like, well, I still feel negative, um, and maybe your situation hadn't been named. If you still feel in the grip of negative emotions, as likely, as we talked earlier, you need to forgive someone or yourself for some past mistakes. So what are some of the things that we do to harbor and even recognize that maybe in your children, your siblings, or women that you work with in your small group? What are some of the signs of them harboring negative emotions? Hey, I have some of these. I had some of these on the list. Avoiding family or friends. Believing that life doesn't hold good things for you in the future. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, ten. I'm going to share ten of them with you. So avoiding family and friends. Believing that life doesn't hold good things for you in the future. Drinking too much alcohol or doing illicit drugs. Constantly thinking of a painful event. Indulging in addictive behavior. Having problems with mental health. Being unable to enjoy the present. Hearing people say you have a chip on your shoulder. Planning to take revenge or punish someone. Having angry outbursts. So, I wish if I were doing this maybe 10 years ago, out of these 10, I would have probably had Let's see, avoiding family and friends, constantly thinking of painful event. Um, I'll say having problems with mental health, being able to enjoy the present, planning to take revenge or punish. So how many of those do you feel that you fall under those categories right now? So in those 10, I'm going to read them again, and I want you to write them down if any of these fall under your category. For, and so put these in your journal, and so I'm going to read them again. One, avoiding family or friends. The second, believing that life doesn't hold good things for you in the future. Drinking too much alcohol or doing illicit drugs. Constantly thinking of a painful event. Constantly thinking of a painful event. Indulging in addictive behavior, indulging 
and addictive behavior. Having problems with mental health. Having problems with mental health. Being unable to enjoy the present. Being unable to enjoy the present. That's a podcast right there. Hearing people say, you have a chip on your shoulder. Hearing people say, you have a chip on your shoulder. Planning to take revenge or punish someone. I can hear it now. Oh, I can't wait. They're going to get they're going to get something back from me that they're not going to expect. <laughs> the last one is having angry outbursts. So, you've had a chance now to write those in your journal. And what I'd like you to do in this moment that you're alone and private I just want you to, whether you're driving or whether you're, if you're driving, then obviously you've got to keep your eyes open. But I want you to, to think of, if you're driving, the ones that I mentioned. And since I've mentioned them like three to four times, I'm sure a couple of those have stuck with you. And you can always listen when you get to a place to write it down again. But I want you to give each of those to God. And, you know, ask the Lord when you're in that moment or as you're driving and you're thinking, but hopefully you're doing this home in your private space, is just ask the Lord the root of those thoughts of when you started avoiding your family or friends, when you started drinking too much, and pray about what the root is so you can forgive anyone that you believe started you in this past or any event that began this dark journey. And at the root of it, it's forgiving you yourself. You know, many women who struggle with divorce, they knew the signs. They saw or knew they were cheating earlier or alcohol was earlier, not paying the bills was sooner, but they didn't take action. Forgive yourself because you had a good reason that you believed at that point. It doesn't matter if it doesn't sound good to anybody else. But what you know now is that these are things that you want to give to God and remove from your life. You want to break the roots. You want to break the pattern of the disappointment and anger that keeps recurring like a rerun in your mind. You're just replaying the events. You're replaying what someone said and did to you. We want those erased. We want your mind renewed. We want your ears unclogged. And we want your emotions cleansed. And only God can do that. So as you're praying, you're asking for asking for forgiveness for allowing these things to have such a stronghold in your life that they are keeping you from God's gifts and love and your ability 
to be happy. These idols, these things have been taken over more as more important. And when you let go and let God, you can be refreshed, renewed. You can take that deep breath. So I just want you to be in that quiet place of relaxing. Maybe you want to turn on music or maybe you just want to journal and just write what happened in these situations that got you there. And once you write it, maybe this is one that you want to burn or maybe it's one you want to keep to remember that you did let it go, to remind yourself that when the enemy brings this to your mind, I let this go. And when did I let it go? I let it go on July 10th, 2019. So I pray today that each of you recognizes the signs of you harboring these negative emotions. And most importantly, you breaking the negative contracts that you made, those vows, those promises. And it really answers why we hold on to pain and anger, because it gives us something to use as a platform to blame somebody or to not forgive somebody. And we need to let that go. We need to release it to God. And we no longer, in Jesus' name, are holding on to any painful situation, painful circumstance, whether it's a loss of a loved one. And we're not going to hold on to anger. We need to hang on to our future that's filled with hope, joy, and happiness. So what did the Lord say? To be strong, to be courageous. That's how we access the power of Christ and the power of the blood of Jesus. We need to be strong, stronger than our pain, stronger than the dilemma and the circumstance we're in. Let's stop the stinking thinking, the, the, the messy thinking, the hindrance and the boulder that's in your way. Let's remove it today. In Jesus' mighty name. So until tomorrow, be blessed and be holy. Amen. wants to offer you a free gift from her Amazon best-selling book, Christian Warrior Women, at ChristianWarriorWomen.com. For information, contact Lisa at LisaHawkinsAuthor.com.